What up, people? It is Monday, December 22nd. My name is D-Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Um, Since the last podcast, I have decided to take a much-needed mental break uh, to get some things in order and squared away. Um, On the last podcast, I know I talked about my move, uh, which is occurring at the end of January. Um, so there's been a lot of preparation around that. Um, it has been a really mentally stressful and draining situation and I'll be glad when it's done. Um, and it has it's going to be really costly as well. I know on the previous uh, podcast I talked about that the current place I'm renting the renewal is going up by $500 a month, and the place I'm moving to is about $300 more a month, but that's better than five. Well, over the past week or so, I got my final bill in my current location, and that was actually $700 more than what I paid last month. Um, my lease currently is up on the 14th of January, but I extended by two months, I mean by two weeks, to make it the end of the month, because that's when my new place would be ready, um, so I assume that the increase was based on the new market rate for my area, and on a month-to-month basis, because when you're renting and you go month-to-month, um, that amount generally is really high, and know just going up $700 from one month to the next is crazy um I actually got that bill last week and I decided to get through the holidays before I even addressed it but I wanted to address it prior to the first uh but it was kind of stressing me out because I'm preparing to go into a new place where I have deposits um admin fees a prorated amount for the rest of January plus February's rent so that's going to be a nice chunk of change there um, so I was not expecting to pay the extra 700 but um, today I went in and talked to my current office and the manager was not on site at the moment but I got a voicemail about 30, 30 minutes later saying that they had made an adjustment to my bill and when I checked online it was reduced by over $700 and it was back to what I originally paid um, during my pre my current lease uh, so that was such a huge blessing now we'll wait until the actual first to see if that current amount of show still remains but I think it will but that was just such a blessing and a burden off of me and the first thing I did was just thank God for that um, I don't know about you but 700 is a nice piece of change for me especially when you're trying to move and that's going to be added expense and have to pay for movers etc but one thing it did was it made me realize that I talk about having faith but my actions don't show that uh, I am such a person of certainty. I like to know how things are going to work out. Um, I like to know the end result. And in a lot of cases, you just won't know. And that's where faith has to come in if you believe in that. 
Um, and I do believe in faith, but not that I'm a control freak. I'm very analytical in the way that I think my job is an analyst. Um, I look at things from a practical common sense standpoint and I like to know what that end result is going to be as soon as possible so even though I had the money to pay the the extra 700 uh, it's just something I didn't necessarily want to do honestly um, but no matter what God has always worked things out and he has in the past he continues to do that and honestly this was just another uh, slap in the face showing me that everything is going to be okay you know I feel like I'm in a, a state of transition right now and uh, this whole move thing has really got me thinking about long term and that I've been complacent in certain areas of my life that I don't need to be complacent with going forward and uh, you know, I think 2022, I'm definitely setting some uh, exciting goals for myself that, and things I want to accomplish to put myself in a better situation. Um, just overall, not even necessarily or only financially, but just overall. I'm really thinking big picture now, unlike what I've done uh, in a while. So I'm expecting great things for 2022. Um, it's given me a different mindset. And it's really opened my eyes to some things that I need to personally really focus on uh, going forward. And I've been having a reoccurring theme in dreams over the past probably year or so. And the dream is generally that I'm in a parking lot and I can't find my car. And I had this same dream last night. Uh, it's never the exact same dream, but the theme of me not being able to find my car has been reoccurring um, for the past year at least. So I Googled that today, and what it says was um, a reoccurring theme in dreams of losing a car represents my drive and is connected to uncertainty and loss of motivation to continue to move forward in some areas. And it makes sense because that's exactly how I've been feeling lately, that um, I'm kind of stagnant in life right now. Uh, and there's just so many other things that I need to do. Um, and I need to regain my drive to, and motivation to get to where I want to be. Uh, and with this move, with, you know, finding out about what this dream means, all of this is just, again, giving me a whole different perspective and outlook on what I need to do going into 2022. So, again, I'm looking forward to um, what 2022 has in store, but I also understand that it's going to be up to me to enact these changes and make things change. Uh, but having... Um, faith and being able to it's hard for me to release um, control and just having that faith that everything is going to work out um, and you know God has never let me down and I know there are times where I've been I've never stopped believing in God but it's the point where you know I've prayed about certain things and certain things haven't happened certain things have that I prayed for 
but there are a couple of things I've been praying for quite a bit that has not come uh, to fruition just yet, but I have confidence that uh, I'm going to be taken care of if this was just a reminder that God is always with me. I just need to continue to believe that um, everything has always worked out. Uh, I've never been stuck out, so um, and I hope that continues going forward. Um, so again, different mindset. Looking forward to what next year has in store, and looking forward to new beginnings. Um, hope everybody had a good Christmas. My Christmas was very uneventful, but I did spend time with my family. Um, my aunt came over, my brother, and one of my cousins, and my mom and dad. We just had a nice time. Uh, as we get older, Christmas is not the same. Uh, it's not about gifts or anything like that. Again, we just like spending quality time together. But one thing we did do was... Um, unsolved case files and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before but it's kind of like a CSI game you're trying to figure out a murder and in this particular case um, a lady had been convicted of a murder had spent 30 years in jail and she was wrongfully convicted and the first part of the game is trying to figure out why she could not have been the killer. So you have different, um, it gives, it comes with the case files of newspaper articles, uh, interrogations, persons of interest forms, uh, alibis, witness statements, pictures of the crime scene. Uh, I mean, just it, it's so detailed. It comes with newspaper articles uh, that may or may not be relevant to the crime and help you solve the crime. So the first part was proving that she could not have committed the crime and getting her release. The second part was uh, figuring out who did it. And then the third part was why they did it. And it took us about two and a half hours to go through everything and figure it out. But it had a really nice twist in this particular case. But this is probably the fourth or fifth one that I've bought. And if you're into the CSI first 48 kind of thing, and you like trying to solve um, murders or mysteries like that, I would highly recommend it. Again, it's called Unsolved Case Files. Uh, it's very interactive, very detailed, um, and it's a very good group game with a group of people. It's good to get different perspectives because people can read the same thing but look at it from different angles, so it, that was a fun thing to do. Um, also, last week, I got my booster shot, my Pfizer booster shot, uh, very little side effects, only a sore arm for a couple of days, but it's still amazing hearing all these people still talk about not getting vaccinated and um, just doesn't make sense to me and I heard somebody use this analogy uh, last week that people who don't want to get vaccinated it's like standing in front of a locked door and somebody walks up to you and says I have the key I can let you in 
but yet you say, no, I don't want to use the key. Maybe I can break the window. Or maybe I can kick down the door. And basically what that means is you have direct access to what you need, which would be the vaccine. The key can open the door for you. The vaccine can help you. But yet you choose all of these other methods before going directly to something you know that can help you. And it just doesn't make sense. And it was interesting to watch. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing, but Candace Owens interviewed Trump last week on her little show or whatever she has. And how he is now embracing the vaccine and said he got the booster, even got booed at his rally. Uh, when he said he got the booster shot and now he's urging his base uh, to get vaccinated and telling them they need to get vaccinated. And he basically fact-checked Candace Owens to her face about the vaccine and the misinformation that she was, she's been given out. And it was fun to watch that happen because she didn't know what to do. So in Candace fashion, Candace Owens fashion, she pivoted to something else that she thought they would agree on and try to change the subject. But uh, interestingly enough, if you look at the research, it's mostly red states where people are dying from COVID because they're unvaccinated. And it's basically killing off his own base. And seeing people on social media now met him for embracing the vaccine because of course for the longest time he was against it so I'm not sure what's going to happen with all of that but um, at this point we continue to um, see variants growing growing, and watching um, one of the press secretaries, press officers, and the dude from Fox constantly talks about how Biden is failing uh, because of low vaccination rates and what do we do about it and how do we feel about it. And the problem is Biden can't make people get vaccinated. All he can do is make sure that the vaccinations or the vaccines are available to everyone, which they are. Um, he's tried to implement mandates in which they've gone to court to uh, get the mandates overturned. So he's doing what he can do because he can't physically make everyone get the vaccine. But they use that as a talking point saying that he's failing and vaccination rates are low when they're the ones spreading misinformation telling people not to get vaccinated. So it's a catch-22. You can't blame low vaccination rates on the president because he can't personally vaccinate everybody and we have so many uh, people, stations, uh, Fox News, all of these um, high-ranking Republicans telling people not to get vaccinated. You can't blame the president on that. But also, it's ironic that they try to give Trump credit for the vaccine saying that Operation Warp Speed, um, you know, so new, and he got that pushed through, and it, it's his thing, he wants to give him credit, but then they say it's new, and they don't trust it, and they don't want to touch it, so again, it's an oxymoron, because you're talking out of both sides of your mouth, um, 
also since the last podcast a lot of information has been coming out from the January 6th committee um, and they've started to get text messages from Mark Meadows who was I think he was the chief of staff during the Trump administration and a lot of congresspeople, senators, uh, Fox News hosts texted him that there's an insurrection telling him he needs to get the president to speak out and tell his base to stop tearing up the Capitol and storming the Capitol and that they need to leave. And that's ironic because senators, these same senators who were texting Mark Meadows um, are the ones that came out and said that it was BLM and Antifa that uh, caused the insurrection. So if it was BLM or Antifa, why would they want Trump to say something? It, it doesn't make sense. But also, when it was Hillary and the emails, they were all for leaking those emails and we need to get all of Hillary's emails. But now when it's their text messages, their defense is not that they didn't do anything wrong. It's that you shouldn't be reading my text messages and that's a violation of privacy. But if you're using government property, there's no privacy with that from the government because it's government property. It would be different if you're using your own private cell phone. But they're not defending their actions. They're defending the fact that they don't want the information released. That's ironic as well. Um, also, last week, Kim Potter, who was the Minnesota cop that killed Dante Wright, when she mistook her gun for her taser, she was convicted of two counts, I think first and second degree manslaughter, um, which she can get 15 to 20 years, I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, but I doubt if she get that much time, but, um, I briefly watched some of the, her trial, and in, in fashion, uh, the white tears came flowing, and it, the Kyle Rittenhouse hysterically crying, uh, she did the same thing, hysterically crying, and she was sorry, and all of that stuff, and the ironic thing with that is, we you watch the video of the shooting, she immediately started crying and saying how she was going to prison and because she knew she had done something wrong. And how police left Dante Wright shot in the car and went to console her because she was crying instead of rendering aid to the person that was shot. Uh-oh. go to prison uh, and her attorney was trying to get her uh, out on bond and await sentencing but fortunately the judge took her into custody um, and she's waiting to sentencing I think sentencing is going to be sometime in late January early February but fortunately she was convicted and we're slowly starting to see these people get convicted for their crimes and held somewhat accountable it will never bring back um, the deceased, but at least these people are being convicted of their crime. 
uh, abortion is still in the news. I think prior to, or right when I did my last podcast, the Supreme Court was ruling on the Texas abortion ban, and I'm not exactly sure what their ruling was, but it was a for or against, and I think kicked it back down to the lower courts here in Texas. Um, But I'm still amazed that men are allowed to make these decisions for women, and still, you know, people talk about life begins at conception, but yet child support doesn't, you know, all of the onus is really put on the mother and nothing on the father, and that's unfair, and that's coming from a man, there's no way I would be able to make that choice, um, so I think it's ridiculous that a group of men are making these laws that affect women, even when it's about their health care, um, birth control, things of that nature, they never include the men's birth control or anything like that in their laws, it's just all against the women, and that makes no sense to me, Uh, men can't have kids, um, but they want to force women to carry these kids to term, uh, regardless of the situation, it's just stupid. So hopefully this administration needs to step in and and there's a lot of things that they need to do. Uh, I'm not 100% on board with what's going on with this administration, but I definitely think it was better than the previous one. But um, I'm hoping here in Texas we do have Beto O'Rourke is challenging Greg Abbott and I think it's going to be close. I honestly feel like Abbott will win because of the fact that they continue to change the voting laws um, and redistricting to make it unfair for Democrats. But we'll see what happens next year in 2022. And then several weeks ago, there were some major tornadoes that hit um, the Midwest. I know Kentucky got hit really bad. And the ironic thing there was that uh, Rand Paul, who is a senator from Kentucky, asked the president for um, federal assistance to help those in need, which they should definitely get. Uh, I am all for that. Uh, But this is the same person that voted against giving relief to Texas and I think Puerto Rico and maybe New York when they were hit by hurricanes previously to fend for themselves so it's the adage of until it affects you you don't understand but now that it's his state now he wants federal aid but he voted against it for other states uh, and that's just the typical hypocrite that Red Paul is um, he's a definite asshole and within those tornadoes um Amazon, there was an Amazon warehouse and some candle factory uh, warehouse that lost several numerous staff members, uh, double digit staff members during those tornadoes. And some of the employees said that they were actually uh, told they would be terminated if they left to try to beat the tornado uh, before it actually hit. And you know, they were told that they could leave, but they would be terminated if they left. So they stayed, and some of them actually died because I think the roof caved in on both of those facilities. Uh, and you know, we were one of these places. They had no 
have to uh, subsidize your life, you know, especially if you have a family to take care of. And you know, these corporations, they'll just hire somebody to replace you. You know, you always have to look out for what's in your best interest. And it sucks that we have come become such a capitalistic society. Well, it's not what we've become, that's what we've been, at least during my lifetime. It's all about profit. And I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday um, about the inflation that we have now and how I think part of it is man-made. Because when you have supply and demand, if you slow the supply, the more it's in demand and the more you can charge for it. And I think that's what's going on. I mean, there is a supply chain issue, but when you have all of these tankers out in California go um, waiting to be loaded, and you have trucks available to ship, um, you know, there's not a, an issue, but somebody's telling them to slow this stuff down, that's what's causing the inflation. But, again, that's capitalism at its finest. And I don't think anything will change until we change the corporate laws and tax rates. So, but that's not going to change anytime soon. Um, also, there was a waitress in Arkansas who was given a $4,400 tip by a group of uh, investors. I think they were real estate agents. And apparently the person who organized this called the... The restaurant ahead of time to ask uh, if this would cause an issue with leaving such a large tip, and they said no. Uh, the young lady was given a tip of 4400 and it was actually to be split between her and another person that waited on the table, so 2200 apiece. And she was told that she had to give the, uh, the tip to her night manager at the restaurant and that she would only get 20% of the tip. And she said that was the first time she had ever heard of tip sharing. Um, And what ended up happening was the person who left the tip came back to the restaurant, asked for the tip back, and gave it to her outside of the the company, outside of the restaurant, to make sure she got her full tip. But then she was fired for violating company policy. And when the managers or the owners of the restaurant were asked, they said they're not allowed to discuss the termination of employees. So basically she got fired for getting a good tip. But fortunately, I think she did get another job and she was able to keep the tip. But again, another capitalistic viewpoint of, of basically taking somebody's money. And, you know, you had a group of people that wanted to do something nice for somebody and they basically ruined it by trying to steal her money. Um, a school district in California has decided to do away with letter grades D and F and will just give an incomplete and allow the students time to make up the assignments. Personally, I think that's stupid. I think that's coddling kids and that's giving them an out. Um, I think high school is when you learn responsibility and 
where you can learn there are consequences for your action or consequences for your inaction. Um, when I was in school, I always had to have my assignments in on time, or if not, I got an F. Um, I just think we're, as a society, are becoming way too lenient and accepting of not the best behavior, and we're kind of promoting bad habits. Uh, if you're allowing people not to do their homework, because they know they can do it at a later time. Uh, I just, I don't agree with that. Also in California, there was a black couple who had their home appraised. And once they got the appraisal back, they thought that it was an extremely low appraisal. So they took all of their personal pictures down um, and had a white friend represent the home on the second appraisal and the appraisal went up by over $500,000 all based on who was there when the appraiser got there uh oh it doesn't surprise me but these are the types of things that minorities have to deal with often uh, sometimes it's, it's blatant sometimes it's kind of undercover but to me this was a blatant um low ball of an appraisal just because the couple was minorities uh, and I think the company that did the low appraisal they've been reported to whatever the board is over there but there should be consequences for that too um, and I'm amazed at how people see the same situation so differently and for example in my local uh, neighborhood app. A man had posted a video from his ring doorbell camera where a woman walked her dog up to this man's front porch and allowed her dog to urinate on his front porch and walked off. And he posted the video and said he would like to know who she is so he could talk to her. And there was a group of people saying that it was ridiculous that she allowed her dog to do that, that you know, she was trespassing on this man's property, but also there was a large consensus saying that uh, he was just trying to shame her, this only dog urine, and that it would dry up, and at least she didn't allow the dog to poop and leave it there, and me being the rational common sense kind of person, in my opinion, this lady trespassed on his property, she needs to be held accountable. I mean, if the people that defend her, that kind of stuff really bothers me. And I don't understand it. I don't understand that mentality where that's okay. But there are people that defend um, anti-vaxxers or people that go into stores that require masks and don't want to wear a mask. And, and I, I just don't get that mentality. And it just continues to amaze me how there's just such opposite opinions on the same um, topics. And moving to the verbal middle finger, the first one for season four, uh, it goes to a man by the name of Doug Kuzma. He attended a Trump rally here in Dallas, I want to say last weekend. And once he got home, he started feeling sick. Come to find out he had COVID. And he... Of course, he's unvaccinated. He's taking his hydrochloroquine. 
I've remixed him and all of that stuff, but now he's on the ventilator. But before going on the ventilator, he started saying that he released a statement saying that he was targeted by biological agents at the event and that they tried to kill him. Uh, instead of just saying you were around hundreds of unvaccinated people where you could have got it from, you're spreading the misinformation of, of you were targeted by a biological agent when there's no actual proof of that. Um, and really this verbal medicine goes to all of those that continue to spread the misinformation about the virus and um, the vaccine is we will continue to have these issues. I don't see COVID going away anytime soon because of all of the misinformation that's out there and the people that believe it. Um, so verbal middle finger to you for continuing to spread that misinformation. Uh, I hate that he's on the ventilator, but oh well. That's all I have to say about that. And for the quote of, for the week, uh, it's not actually a quote. It's an analogy I read that I thought was very relevant. So the analogy is, a bottle of water at Costco is 25 cents. The same bottle in the supermarket is worth about 50 cents. The same bottle in a bar costs $2. In a good restaurant or hotel, it could be worth up to $3. In an airport or on a plane, you may be charged $5. The bottle and the bread is the same. The only thing that changes is the place. Each place gives a different value to the same product. When you feel like you're worth nothing and everyone around you belittles you, change places. Do not stay there. Have the courage to change places and go to a place where you are given the value you deserve. Surround yourself with people who really appreciate your worth. Don't settle for less. That is it for this week. Until next time, God bless. Peace.